0: Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today's gospel lesson was very long, and I initially had said, you know, I really want to walk through this text and, and break it apart and, and go through this in detail. And I was at like over 2,000 words. <laughs> and of course, I do keep count and like tabulate in a spreadsheet, how long the sermons are and what that equates to in time. And that was going to be very long. And I definitely sparing you from that this morning. So no, it was just, it was, it was too much. But today is the fifth Sunday in Lent. And next week is Palm Sunday, which begins Holy Week. By the way, the back of your bulletin has the Holy Week schedule on there. But the lessons today all have a common theme of resurrection as we are looking forward to Easter. We see God breathing life into dry bones in Ezekiel. We see Paul writing to the churches in Rome saying, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So there we see the promise of the resurrection. And of course, our gospel lesson today features the raising of dead Lazarus. Indeed, God has power over life and death. Just as Christ Jesus was raised, so too will all people be raised on the last day. The righteous in Christ, that is to say, believers will be raised to eternal life. And unbelievers will be raised to eternal condemnation. Now, rather than go through the gospel lesson in its entirety, like I said, I do want to highlight some observations. One, Lazarus, Martha, and Mary were all close friends of Jesus. They also lived in Bethany, which is very close to Jerusalem. The text actually says it's a couple miles away, so it's very close to Jerusalem. The Jews were already planning to kill Jesus from his last visit to Judea. Um, You can read that in John 9. Jesus said, I and the Father are one, which the Jews heard and they understood what he was saying. He was equating himself to God. They considered that blasphemous. And of course, that would be blasphemous unless in fact he was equal to God. But nevertheless, when they heard that and heard that he was equating himself to God, they sought to stone him. So that's why he and his disciples had left and gone across the Jordan. And of course, his disciples are not keen to return to Judea, especially to Bethany, which is so close to Jerusalem. That's why they caution him against it. Now, the third thing is when Jesus refers to Lazarus being asleep, he means Death, but the disciples understand it as sleep. But Jesus doesn't mean death as the permanent, irreversible condition that we understand it to be. He means death as the condition which he, as the author of life, holds control over. Uh, The fourth thing is that Lazarus was dead for four days. Mark that, because what that means in their culture is, oh, he's really dead. That's basically what they're saying. That's the significance of that four days. In rabbinic culture, that meant truly dead. Spirit departed, soul departed, dead. Martha, uh, fifth thing, Martha confessed that Jesus could have prevented Lazarus from dying. He could have prevented it, but... She doesn't seem to believe that Jesus can raise Lazarus from the dead himself. Nevertheless, she says, if you pray to God, he will raise Lazarus from the dead. You have to watch the words there. We're going to come back to this later. But she's saying that basically that Jesus is special, that he has a special connection to God. But she attributes to Jesus only the power to seek God's favor. In her mind, it is God the Father who has the power over life and death. Or to paraphrase her statements, Jesus, if you had been here, you could have healed him, but that time has passed. Nevertheless, because of your connection to God the Father, you can pray to him and he'll raise Lazarus. That would be my paraphrase of what she's asking him. Jesus refers to the resurrection. This is the sixth point. Jesus refers to the resurrection on the last day and says that Lazarus will rise. Now that would be the standard sort of customary condolence that a Jew, uh, unless they were uh, Sadducees who didn't believe in the resurrection, uh, but but the Jews believed in the resurrection on the last day and they would console each other with that, just kind of like Christians console each other. We mourn, but we don't mourn as those without hope, but because we know that we will rise again. And so we console each other that way. Well, Jesus says this to Martha, as a way of consoling her in the customary way. And uh, you'll notice that her response doesn't fully appreciate what he's saying. But I'm gonna come back to that. I'm gonna come back to that. Seventh item, Jesus was deeply troubled that death should affect humanity in this way. I mean, he was really, he was troubled that sin has cast humanity into this state where Lazarus should die at all. And he's troubled that Satan's tyranny reigns in death. The eighth point here, just as Jesus spoke the world into existence, think about creation. How did Jesus create the universe? I'm looking at the kids because they know. Let there be light. He spoke. Let there be light. He spoke the world into existence. Well, the same way he spoke to the tomb, into the tomb and said, Lazarus, come out. He spoke life into Lazarus. Kind of like the prophet Ezekiel, you know, obeying God's command and speaking to dry bones to say, rise up. Ninth item, some of the Jews who witnessed this believed in Jesus. So some people saw, everyone saw what happened. Some people believed in Jesus, but other people, although it doesn't say they didn't believe, it says, but, you know, while some believed, but others went and, and went to the Pharisees to tell them, you got to see what Jesus is up to now. So the implication is that they, they did not. There's a contrast between those who believed and those who did not believe. Tenth item, the concern of the Pharisees is for their place and nation. They didn't want their system to be upset by the Romans who might be incited to take greater control over their region. If the Romans were uh, the occupying force, the the Romans, if they were to understand that there was a a warring, a rebellion brewing between different factions of Jews, that would be a problem for the Jews. They wanted to keep control over, their, uh, over Jerusalem. And so they were concerned about their place in their nation. Now Caiaphas, this is the 11th item, Caiaphas understood his own prophecy of one man's death to be a death that would preserve the dominion and rule of the Pharisees. It's interesting that God can even uh, work through, uh, through Caiaphas who prophesied being a high priest that year and said one man shall die for the nation without understanding really what that meant. He thought, oh, that means that one man is going to die so that our nation of Pharisaical rule over Jerusalem will continue even under Roman occupation. That's what Caiaphas is thinking. It's expedient that one person should die for this. But the evangelist John, the apostle who wrote this, is saying what he actually was saying was truer than he knew because he didn't even know what he was saying. This would be um, what he was saying is that one person should die for for uh, the, all nations. In fact, I mean, this is the the dominion and rule of the Pharisees. You have to think about that as being uh, the rule of law, the Torah. They're thinking, oh, one man will die so that the Torah will continue. What they don't realize is that Jesus Christ is himself the Torah manifested. He is the fulfillment of the law. Caiaphas doesn't even understand really what he's, what he's saying there. Um, and yet Jesus will be and would be and was the one who died for the sins of the whole world, taking upon himself all of our sins and the sins of the whole world. So in that sense, Jesus is the true Torah, the fulfillment of the law that brings peace to all of us who are sinners. All right, the 12th and last point that I wanted to make was that Lazarus has been raised from the dead and Jesus has demonstrated his power over life and death, which you'll recall earlier in the... Uh, In his dialogue with his disciples, he said, for their sake, he's glad that he wasn't there so that they could see and bear witness to this. It's not just about raising Lazarus, but it's about this man, Jesus Christ, and who exactly is he? Because even Martha doesn't fully understand, even in the midst of her confession, but how has he treated Jesus as exposed himself to the murderous Jews who will now, now they will officially seek to put Jesus to death. In fact, when we get to John 12, we'll see that they also will seek to put Lazarus to death. All right, now as I promised, I want to return to the central statement of Jesus and to Martha's confession and focus in on that. Martha, I'm going to read this section from verse 21 through 27. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Martha said to Jesus, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Now, some people treat this as an earnest confession of Martha's. Now, I believe she was earnest, but I don't believe she understood exactly what that meant when she confessed him to be the Christ. I don't think she's there yet. Jesus has come to this place where his enemies lay close at hand, looking for an opportunity to kill him. He has not come only to comfort Martha, but to reveal himself. To reveal himself to Martha, to the disciples, to each of you, to everyone who would look upon this. Does she believe, does Martha really believe that he is the resurrection and the life? Because Martha answered yes, but I think it's to a different question. Because she says, yes, you are the Christ, but she doesn't see that Christ has the power over life and death. She doesn't see that Christ is indeed the great I am. Jesus said, ego emi. That is, it's kind of a, it's, um, it's code in John's gospel for I am. Uh, it's like, think about Moses. How did God reveal himself to Moses when Moses asked for a name? Who shall I say is sending me? God said, I am who I am. And in John's gospel, he uses this phrase, ego, a me, I am, to say something more than just I am the resurrection of the life. But Jesus is saying, I am. He's equating himself with God, with Yahweh, who the Jews knew. He's equating himself with Yahweh, who at this time the Jews knew from afar. And he's saying, I am here with you. Oh, the Jews, the Pharisees understood his claims. And it would have been blasphemous. And they should have stoned him. Unless, unless he truly was and is God. What he's saying is, I am. And it doesn't strike us the same way that it would a first century Jew. And Jesus is not merely a conduit to God. Jesus is God. He is the resurrection and the life. Now, Martha's confession that he is the Christ is incomplete. She has faith, but does not yet understand that Jesus, the Christ, is God incarnate. You'll notice that after this event, she still objects to the stone being removed. And I think that is the, that's the key to understanding Martha's where Martha's faith falls short because she's looking and saying, don't take away the stone. He's been dead four days. There will be an odor. Lord, by this time, there will be an odor for he has been dead four days. She didn't understand him to be God, to be the resurrection and the life, to be the one to speak life into dead Lazarus. Jesus Christ spoke life into Lazarus. Why? So that Lazarus would be raised from the dead? Not primarily. Primarily so that all who were there would look and see and believe and see Jesus Christ for who he truly is. Even down to now, as you hear that, look and see Jesus for who he truly is, which is God in the flesh with power over life and death. And yes, his coming here to Bethany, his exposing himself in this way by raising Lazarus from the the dead, being two miles away from Jerusalem is the start of his crucifixion because that is what happens. Immediately, the Jews plot to kill him. And John's gospel goes through. Half of the gospel is up to this point and the whole rest of the gospel is about Jesus Christ the final days up to his crucifixion. Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in him, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in him shall never die. On this fifth Sunday in Lent, hear the good news of your Savior, Jesus Christ. He bled and died for your sins. Believe in him. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.